Hey friends, Heather Creekmore here. I'm glad you're listening to the Compare To Podcast today. We're in a series all month of September long talking about lies we believe. How's it going for you? Has anyone been rattled a little bit? Has anything we've talked about kind of gotten your attention? Have you had one of those aha moments where you're like, oh, I don't have to believe that. Oh, that might not be true. Oh, that might be what's keeping me stuck. If you've had any of those moments, hey, reach out to me, Heather at ComparedToWho.me. I would love to hear from you. Also, I would be honored and blessed if you would consider leaving a five-star review for this podcast. Hey, only if that's authentically how you feel. (laughs) But if this show has helped you leave a review, you can do it on Spotify if that's where you're listening. You can do it on Apple Podcasts. There are directions on how to do it on my webpage. You can go to comparedtohu.me slash podcast and you can find out all the details there if leaving reviews is not something you're used to doing. Well, today we're going to dig into another lie. We just have two more lies in this series, and today's is a good one. Oh, I'm going to talk about some pop culture stuff. Boy, this lie is everywhere. And I'm wondering, do you believe it? Have you heard it? Have you said it to yourself? That's what I want to know. So listen to today's show and drop me a message. Let me know how it goes for you if this is a lie you've believed. Let's go. Welcome to Compare to Who, the podcast to help you make peace with your body so you can savor God's rest and feel his love. If you're tired of fighting body image the world's way, Compare to Who is the show for you. You've likely heard lots of talk about loving your body, but my goal is different. Striving to fall in love with stretch marks and cellulite is a little silly to me. Instead, I want to encourage you and remind you with the truth of scripture that you are seen, you are known, and you are loved no matter what your size or shape. Here, the pressure is off. If you're looking for real talk, biblical encouragement, and regular reminders that God loves you and you're not alone, you've come to the right place. I hope you enjoy today's show and hey, tell a friend about it. Okay, my friend, today we are talking about the lie that more self-love would solve our body image issues. Now, this is not my first time to rail on self-love on this show. So if I don't give you enough here, you feel free to look up some of those other episodes that I've done over the years. There may be one even as early as season one, years and years ago, where I've talked about self-love and how even though that's the message we get from culture all around us everywhere, even from the church a little bit sometimes, yikesville, more self-love is not the answer to our body image issues. And so the lie we believe is if I could just learn to love myself more, then I wouldn't struggle with my body anymore. And my friend, it's just not true. Once again, I feel like a broken record here. But I recently heard a brand new song on Christian radio by Olivia Lane called The Woman at the Well. And it's a really, it's a beautiful song. But there's a line in the chorus that says, 
tonight I feel just like the woman at the well wondering how someone could love me when I can't love myself. And it made me cringe a little bit. Now, to be fair, I think the perspective of this song may be accurately capturing what a lot of people think when they meet Jesus because they are trying for self-love at that point. And I don't know, maybe a lot of it's probably trying afterwards. That's why I'm doing this episode. But but if you are in the mindset of what culture has told you where I'm trying to make myself lovable or love myself, you know, from that perspective, that line is right on, right? And then she meets Jesus and she, the song doesn't <laughs> go much further, but she meets Jesus and she recognizes that she is free from trying to love herself because being loved in Christ alone is enough to make her worthy. But I am just a little bit afraid <laughs> that not everyone will take that interpretation of the song. Um, and, and really, it's, it's not just about the song. It's about all of these messages in culture and everywhere that preach more pride in our bodies, more pride in ourselves, because that's what it really is, my friend. That's what self-love is more thinking about ourselves in a positive, loving, I just think I'm awesome way will overcome all of those negative thoughts. Now, let me break this down uh, to be even clearer, right? They, I, I do think we should be nice to ourselves, right? I don't think you should talk mean to yourself. I think you should treat yourself with kindness. But <laughs> there's something to having a right view of ourselves, right? The Bible talks about in 2 Corinthians 10, not comparing ourselves with ourselves, right? It says in 2 Corinthians 10, I'll just read verse 12 for you. We do not dare to classify or compare ourselves with some who commend themselves when they measure themselves by themselves and compare themselves with themselves, they are not wise. Verse 13, we, however, will not boast beyond proper limits, but will confine our boasting to the sphere of service God himself has assigned us to, a sphere which also includes you, meaning the Corinthians. And, and so what, what's being said here? is not that we should compare ourselves to others instead of comparing ourselves to ourselves. Like that's a little ridiculous. That's obviously not what Paul is advocating for. But instead, what Paul is trying to say is, hey, you kind of get caught up in thinking you're awesome in and of yourself, which sounds like self-love to me, right? You kind of, you decide, oh, maybe you guys have seen this meme, the meme that says the only person you should compare yourself to is the person you were yesterday. I feel like this chapter in 2 Corinthians kind of addresses that directly, right? No, don't compare yourself to yourself. You are not a standard of godliness or holiness or righteousness, right? Only God sets those standards, right? 
So my friend, we don't compare ourselves to ourselves. We compare ourselves to Jesus, right? And, uh, and all have fallen short of the glory of God, right? And that's why we need Jesus desperately to bridge that gap for us. That's why we need him for our salvation. And self-love in our culture preaches something very different. And I think it's actually kind of dangerous what they preach. I've talked to this recently uh, in some of my coaching groups, and I picture it like there's two ladders. There's this one ladder that culture tells us to climb and culture tells us that if we climb it, we can reach a point where we no longer feel bad about our bodies or ourselves. And on that ladder, I would say is this concept of self-love. It's also this concept of body positivity, which I'm not a big fan of. It's not that I don't believe that God made everybody good and everybody worthy. It's just that the body positivity movement has struck me as a movement towards body pride. And honestly, I think it's been a gateway movement for other pride kind of movements. And I don't think that's where Jesus wants our focus. I can't find anywhere in my Bible that says, please make sure you take pride in your body. Right? That's just not a biblical concept. We're not supposed to be all about us and what we believe and what we stand for unless it is standing for the cross of Jesus, unless it is standing for the gospel. All of these other things are, are not aligned with our purpose and mission as believers of Jesus Christ. So this ladder of self-love that we try to climb, and there's two ways we try to climb it. Either we try to climb it through making ourselves better, quote unquote, by improving our bodies, trying to reach our goal weight or get as fit as we want to be. Or we take the body positivity approach, which is kind of a screw you, pardon my language, to the world (laughs) where it's like, whatever, I don't care what you think about my body or what you say about my body. I'm just going to have pride in my body anyway. And I'm going to put up (laughs) this kind of giant middle finger to anyone who says anything different. Neither of those things will work like we want them to. And I'll be right back after this message to tell you more. Hey friend, are you tired of having to know where the restroom is every time you go out? Are back and hip tightness limiting your activities or worse, waking you up at night? Did you know that if you are being more than 10 times a day or leaking pee for any reason, that isn't normal? This was news to me, my friends, because one in every three women are dealing with these issues and more. That's over 52 million women just in the United States that are suffering silently with these issues, thinking that they just have to live with this. Well, let me introduce you to my friends, Jen and Christina of Tighten Your Tinkler. You see, they know how overwhelming it can be to try and figure out how to deal with these personal and life-altering issues. 
because they've personally dealt with these things too. After doing two and a half years of research and getting published in the Journal of Women's Health Physical Therapy, they have proven that you can heal utilizing a 10-minute-a-day routine. They're offering something special just for you. So head over to tightenyourtinkler.com and enter the code HEATHER, in all caps, H-E-A-T-H-E-R, at checkout, and you can get $50 off their signature program. Listen, this is not Kegels. You can do all of this at home easily. It's actually kind of fun. It's not painful, and you don't have to insert anything anywhere. If you're not sure what this is all about, go over to tightenyourtinkler.com. They have a five-minute root cause quiz, which can help you figure out what's going on with your body and start the journey to healing today. I hope you go check it out. It's tightenyourtinkler.com. Okay, so I gave you the visual of this ladder. We're trying to climb, and part of the climb is this journey of self-love, and this is what culture tells us, right? But the one thing I left out I think is an important detail. Whoopsie. Why are we trying to climb this ladder? Like, why do we really want more self-love? And some of you might quickly say, well, Heather, no, you already said that. It's because you want, we want to be free from our body image issues, But I think it's more than that. I think we want to climb the ladder because we want to be free from our shame, right? Like that's, that's the word. I don't agree with Brene Brown on a lot of things, but that one I'm just right spot on with her. It is our shame that we are desperate to cover. And so we believe that self-love can cover our shame. And like I said, the two ways we believe it is we either believe we can get a body that's good enough to cover our shame, or we can have so much pride in our body, so much self-love for ourselves that we can say, screw you to the shame and overcome it in that way. But my friends, neither one of those things actually covers our shame. Jesus is the only one who can actually cover our shame in a way that will take it away, that will answer our shame. And I think what we see in culture and and in big proponents of self-love is we see this swelling pride, right? But we see as they climb this ladder of more pride, more pride in myself, more pride in my body, that the attitude towards others gets, I can't think of a better word than just uglier and uglier, right? Those people that are like, you just got to love me for exactly who I am. And it could be body, but it could also just be attitude, right? Like we probably all know someone who's like, I'm just a jerk, or this is my Enneagram number. And so this is how I act. And you're just going to have to love me exactly the way I am. You just have to take it or leave it. But I don't care because this is just me. Like That's not a loving attitude, towards others. Now I'm not saying, well, you should change to be like everyone wants you to be. That's not what I'm saying at all. But I'm saying that I think this drive for self-love, self-acceptance, like just loving me just as I am, I think that makes us pretty self-righteous, which makes us pretty prideful, which makes us not very loving to those around us, and actually builds these 
very tall walls around our heart where we're not able to be vulnerable and open and authentic to others. Instead, we find ourselves kind of sticking to this hard image that we're portraying to others, making us unapproachable. And in some cases, it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy, right? Like we want to be lovable to others. And we believe the lie that if we loved ourselves, like the woman at the well song, then we would be more lovable to others. But I think it's just the opposite. Too much self-love makes a narcissist. And I'm hoping to have someone come on here in a few weeks to talk more about narcissism and how that kind of connects to these body image things that we struggle with. Maybe a narcissist in our life has helped us get to the place, and I use the word helped (laughs) gently, but has led us to a place where we are struggling with body image because we've been involved with a narcissist. So there's a lot of different angles there. But friends, we don't want to be trying to be the narcissist ourselves. (laughs) We're not going for that much self-love. And compared to who, I talk about how this is a sure sign to me that self-love isn't something that we're supposed to strive for. I mean, of course, there is the Bible verse in First Timothy, Timothy that says, in the last days, men will be lovers of self, and it's not a positive thing. So that's that's one clue from, from God's word. But there's no real like level of self-love that is delineated in the Bible as appropriate except for a level of self-love that is matched by a level of love for others around us and is exceeded by a level of love for God. And friends, I feel like when we see self-love promoted, when we talk about self-love, we are talking about self-love in a way that exceeds love for God most of the time. But even if you think you got that straight, right? Even if you're like, no, no, I love God first and self second. Um, Biblically, according to Matthew, right? No, you got to love others, love neighbors as you love yourself, right? That if you're trying for more self-love, I hope you're trying for more neighborly love too. And, And I don't mean that harsh. I'm just trying to speak the truth in love here to call out something that that we miss when we're striving for more self-love. The Bible does not instruct us in that way. In fact, going back to that 2 Corinthians chapter 10 uh, passage that we were just in a minute ago, the very last verse in that passage, verse 18, says this, For it is not the one who commends himself who is approved but the one whom the Lord commends. Your approval of yourself, your love of yourself, my friend, that self-love is not going to solve it. But the good news is there is something that does solve it. And that is recognizing that you are already loved more than you could ever imagine by the God of the universe, the one who created you, the one who knit you together. Think about how personal knitting is. Have you ever knitted anyone a sweater or scarf? So I'm not craftsy at all. I don't knit. But every time I've received something hand knit, I know a lot of care and thought went into it. That's how God made you. He hand knit you together. He loves you so much. And my friend, that matters so much more than how much you love yourself. If you're trying to be free from that shame that plagues you, if you're trying to be free from stressing over your body and worrying about 
whether or not you're good enough and whether or not you look right and whether or not you need to lose more weight for anyone to love you, all of those things, my friend, our shame is answered only by the cross of Christ. Our shame is solved only by him. There is no amount of self-love that can solve it. I think one final illustration here, I'm going to have to pick on the singer Lizzo. Oh, I'm sorry if she's your favorite. But Lizzo to me is a perfect example of someone who is trying very hard to prove to the world that self-love has made her uh, free. It's probably the best word right? That because she is just happy in the body she has and has that like screw you attitude towards the world, that she is free from the shame. She is free from negative opinions of others. She is free to just be and do what she wants. But I ask you, my friends, is she free? Really? Or is that attitude that she portrays a big old wall that keeps others out? I mean, I don't know her personally, but I do just know from the little bit I've seen of her that I don't actually think she would be fun to be friends with. (laughs) I think she'd kind of be difficult to get along with. I don't know. Uh, Maybe you disagree. But there's nothing in her demeanor, at least as publicly displayed, that shouts humility or shouts love or shouts graciousness, right? There's a hardness there. Friends, that's why I don't preach self-love. I think self-love leads to that kind of hardness. I think deciding I love me and that's all that matters is a very dangerous posture for us to take, not only as believers, but also just as humans. It separates us from other people in relationships. So that's why our lie today is self-love doesn't solve it. I hope I've convinced you that what you need is not more self-love. Instead, you need more awareness of God's tremendous love for you and more love for him. That's all for today's show. I thank you for listening. I hope something today has helped you stop comparing and start living. Bye-bye. Before you go, if something from today's show blessed you, may I ask a huge favor? Leave a review on your favorite platform. Seeing your five-star reviews is a huge encouragement to me. Not sure how to do it? You can go to comparetowho.me slash podcast, scroll to the bottom, and you'll find all the information. And while you're at comparetowho.me, check out some of the more than 500 articles on there about body image, comparison, all the things you're thinking about. Plus, you can find out more about my books, or you can grab a time for a free 10-minute call to see if coaching is right for you. I'm so honored to be a part of your journey out of body image and comparison frustration. And I can't wait to hear how God is working to set you free. The Compared to You podcast is proud to be part of the Edify podcast app. You can grab the app wherever you get apps for your devices. The Edify app has lots of great Christian podcasts on it. Check it out.
Hey, friend, would you check out the date on that episode you just listened to? Yeah, it's been a minute. Listening to old podcasts is almost like reading my diary from several years ago. In some cases, it's even a little embarrassing. So instead of listening straight through season by season, can I encourage you to skip ahead? I release brand new episodes every Tuesday and Friday. And if you're not sure where to start, you can go to improvebodyimage.com, find the Start Here button, and I've got several episodes listed and categorized so you can find the topics that are of most interest to you. Your time is valuable, so skip straight to the good stuff. I'm glad you're here. Thanks for letting me be a part of your body image and food freedom journey. Hi, I'm Beckett Cook, host of The Beckett Cook Show. I lived as a gay man in Hollywood for many, many years until I had a radical encounter with Jesus 13 years ago. Since then, I've gotten my master's degree in seminary and published a book called A Change of Affection. On my podcast, The Becca Cook Show, I sit down with fascinating Christian scholars and thinkers to address the lies of the culture and bring the biblical truth to bear on those lies. To start listening now, go to lifeaudio.com or search for The Becca Cook Show on your favorite podcasting platform.